What is up, everybody? You are listening in to episode, we'll call it episode two. Our first episode was, you know, just a little teaser, just a little taste to let you know what was coming. This is The Loser's Bench. My name is Blake Mitchmore. With me every week, Katie Deering. What's up? Hey, hey, y'all. How's it going? It's going good. So, Katie, this episode, like we told everybody last week, our first couple episodes are going to be just us talking about, you know, talking about ourselves, letting everybody know our own struggles, our own journey, what got us to where we are today. And this one is all about you. Listen, I'm really good at talking about myself. So, get ready. This is going to be exciting for me. The way you said that, I'm not sure if that's a great thing or not. Well, maybe we'll find out. Although I, I will say together, I mean, you are pretty <laughs> fantastic. So, you know, I mean, you probably have, you probably do have a lot to say. People who follow me on Instagram know that I love to just set the hands-free setting on there and just act like Instagram's my own personal diary and just talk. That is no lie. I think this morning I put on my story, I had like 27 something while I was curling my hair, talking about all sorts of weight loss fun things. So it's just like that, right? Absolutely. All right, Katie, let us all know who you are, what happened, and why you're a member of the Losers Bench. Well, see, uh, so I have... Always, as I was like, the earliest memories that I can possibly think of, I've always felt, I don't think I've been, but I've always felt fat. So um, I know whenever I started the paperwork process of um, my surgery, one of the papers that was talking about like all these different sections of your life and what you weighed at that time and what you connected to that weight. And so when I think back to earliest memories, like I always remember my weight being a point of conversation specifically with my mom. Um, I lived with my mom growing up and uh, my dad, I saw him on the weekends and stuff. And so my mom was one of those people who was like a fad dieter and she would always ask me to do it with her. Uh, So, you know, as a high school student, I was probably 140 pounds, not very big, but I was still on all of these like fad diets with my mom and people would just kind of make comments to me, you know, like I remember uh, my basketball coach after a basketball game, we went and had pizza and he said, oh, um, I'll order one pizza for Katie and then everybody else can share a pizza. And everybody thought that was super funny. Oh my gosh. And so... Yeah, I know. Right. Um, And so, you know, being the person that I am, I'm really like self-deprecating humor person. And so I would always laugh it off and probably add on to that. But I think a lot of those kind of statements became a part of my identity of I can't remember a time in my like adolescence on that I wasn't trying to lose weight. Uh, And so when I went to college and I wasn't playing basketball anymore and, and I mean, like I was working out normally, but it wasn't like the two to three hours a day heavy training. Um, I put on 40 pounds in college and would, you know, gain about 10 and then I would do something, some kind of a fad or some kind of a like main MLM company or whatever, use a product, I would lose the 20 and I would just kind of go back and forth. And so um, I got married, got pregnant and I gained about 60 pounds in my pregnancy and I lost almost all of it again. MLM products and, uh, you know, lost some friends. Like, by the way, side note, if all you ever talk to your friends about is a product, then they probably don't want to talk to you. Lessons learned. Um, Hashtag truth. 
oh my gosh, yes. Regrets. So many regrets. Anyway. And so um, I started working full time again after I had my daughter and I'd lost all, you know a lot of weight. I still probably had about 30, 40 pounds to lose. And I had a really, I don't want to say traumatic because this isn't like a poor me kind of situation, but I had a really hard family moment happen. And this was back in 2014. And I remembered thinking something has to give, like I've got to figure out where I need to focus my energy and I can't do everything. And so my mental health needed to take priority at that time. And I just stopped caring really about the working out part and the eating healthy part. And in the span of four years, I gained about 90 pounds. So, um, so yeah, I mean, as a teacher, um, it's kind of in our nature as educators to put everybody first before us. And so if kids needed tutoring, like I'm there for you. Oh, a kid was sweet and brought me a Dr. Pepper. Well, I need to drink it or I'm going to hurt their feelings. Like, uh, that's just kind of the nature of the job. And then by the time you get home, you have nothing left to give your kid or your husband or even just yourself. Uh, so that was, I mean, that was when I put on the majority of the weight was um, from 2014 to 2018. I ballooned up to uh, my highest weight was actually 304 pounds. So let me let me ask you a question. When when you you said it in that that you essentially stopped, I guess more or less trying to be you know, live a healthier lifestyle to focus mainly on your mental health. Now I know, and I'll get into it next week with my own um, journey that as I started to get, my weight started to get out of control. My um, mental health was in a horrible place. You're, you're that mid, that, that goal of mental health started, didn't, you know, it didn't continue. Like it started to have a negative effect on your mental health as well. Yeah. Um, so when I topped out at about 304, that was a year that we had a lot of life change. And so, uh, we moved to a different city. I started a new job. My daughter started kindergarten. And so there were all of these like stressors that when you have an unhealthy physical body, um, it just, it plays with your head. So I, I considered myself, to be mentally healthy after I worked through some of those family issues that had happened before. But um, just as far as like my confidence, um, I had a lot of anxiety and um, I started to feel claustrophobic in my own skin. I don't know if you've ever felt that way, but where you're just so big that any space almost feels like a confined space. And, and I'd never really experienced that before. But when I was at my highest weight, like I would just get really anxious being around crowds and things. And so, um, you know, it's interesting that you say that because, um, and it's, you know, one thing, one of the things we'll, we'll get into as we go through this, this podcast, as we start this journey is, you know, and I mentioned it last week, I'm nine years removed from having, this surgery, whereas you're, uh, you know, a newbie or, I mean, you're just, you're still under a year. So it's, um, the fact that you and I are, are really good friends. It's almost like I've kind of from a distance, cause I don't see you all the time, but we do talk, you know, we did talk fairly regularly during your, during the process of you having it. And even immediately in the aftermath, I've kind of relived a lot of this stuff through you. And I, I don't know that I, really process it that way. But hearing you say 
I felt claustrophobic in my own skin. I a hundred percent agree. And, um, it just kind of thought, you know what? Damn it. Yes. That's exactly, that's exactly right. Because I couldn't, now it still aggravates me to this day, but I couldn't stand being in a room of people or in a crowd or something like something like going to a concert where like I was in a confined space when I was at, at the biggest, I couldn't stand it. And, and it's because of that. And I don't know, honestly, that I ever mentally put that together until just now. Yeah. You I mean, it. it's, it's one of those things where you almost don't realize that it's happening until it doesn't happen anymore. But we would go, um, like, uh, Justin and I went to Disneyland the summer before I had my surgery and, um, I have all these pictures and I just, every picture that you see where I'm happy, I am like in an open space. But I remember we had to stop multiple times. I would have to sit down because I was overheating. And I just like everything that I would put on, like clothes wise, it just, I don't know. I just, I really felt suppressed in my own skin. And so when you're trying to be your best self and you, um, and part of my job is, um, I do a lot of teacher trainings now. Part of my job is having to look like my best self and being like this professional. And so there at the last like six months to a year, I really felt like I was trying to present a person who I didn't really know or understand. And so, um, you know, my, my husband is, um, one of the most supportive people that I know as far as me, you know, anytime I want to do something or I have a goal, he's, he's kind of the wow and I'm the how. Um, and so he, uh, will encourage me, let's do it. Let's figure out a way. Let's figure out a way. And I had gone to a weight loss surgeon a couple of years before to just like get pricing. And when I heard the number that they gave me, I was like, okay, well, that's definitely not happening for me. Uh, so I just kind of was going on about my business and I would, again, try to lose the weight, lose 30 pounds, something would happen. I'd gain it right back. If, if there's a diet that exists in the world, I've done it and I've done it multiple times. <laughs> but um, we, what finally shifted me towards the edge is, you know, I, you and I are friends and we've been friends for a long time. You've known my husband since high school. And so, um, you and I had talked about surgery before and my stepmom had actually had the surgery, uh, about six months prior and she was seeing a lot of success with it. And I just was thinking always to myself, if I could ever just get a little bit of momentum, like if I could just get some momentum going and moving, I know that I'm strong enough to do it myself, but at 304 pounds, um, I couldn't walk down the stairs without my knees just hurting. Um, anytime I would try to better myself and, and even just like going for walks and things like that, like I would throw my back out or something would happen. Um, I would make myself sick. And so it's like, I could never get momentum going to see long-term success, which was just really hard. And I think what you would probably agree with us, and I was in the same place and, and I'll detail it next week, but um, I, right before I made the decision, um, there was an incident, which I'll talk about next week, but I was in a place where I really feel like my body was starting to shut down on me. And I was starting, mm -hmm. I had been sick more times than any, then I, I got sick in the year prior to um, my surgery or having that 
you know, making that decision um, more than I probably have in the nine years since. Yeah. I, uh, you know, hearing you say the stairs thing, I couldn't walk for more than 15 minutes without my back seizing up. I mean, I had different random, you know, just because what happens and I know you, you know, this feeling is when you're that heavy and you're carrying around that much weight, everything takes so much more effort to do even little things like walking down a flight of stairs or bending over to put your shoes on is an ordeal. Absolutely. And, you know, I remember you and I had a conversation and I guess it was like November, 2018 ish. Um, and we were just talking about your weight loss journey. And I had mentioned to you that if we had the money to do the sleeve, like I would do it in a heartbeat, but that I just felt so selfish asking for that, you know, um, and thinking like, I know I could do it on my own. I know that if I just worked a little harder, it's like that self-deprecation where we just beat ourselves up about how we haven't been successful. If I could just do this better, then, um, I wouldn't need to do this and, and all of that. And, um, I remember about a month later and, um, I may or may not get emotional about this. We'll see. But my husband, again, he's just, He's the kind of person who um, I like to call him like this sunshine person where he just really never gets mad at you and everything's good and he's just going with the flow. He's very chill. And he sat me down and just basically said, hey, we need to have a conversation. And it wasn't until that conversation that I realized how my weight affected more than just myself in my family. Um, and it was after my daughter had gone to bed and he was just kind of talking about how he's like, did you notice that you don't go in Kinley's room to tuck her in anymore? Like you sit on the couch and, um, you know, she's old enough now to start noticing when she wants to do things that you don't want to do because you can't do them. Like going to the park, um, she would always want to go to the park and I would find every excuse to not do it or even just like getting in the floor and playing with her. And he was pointing out out of love, right? Like not, he wasn't being a jerk about it, but it was really just genuinely saying, I want to support you. I know that you're looking at weight loss surgery. I think that it's going to change all of our lives. Um, and it's going to change everything in our family just for the better. And he's like, you know, I love you no matter what you weigh. I think you're beautiful no matter what you weigh, but I want you to be happy and I want you to feel good. And I want you to feel like you can do what you want to do and to not have that extra weight as something that holds you back in your life. And so however I can support you, I will. And I think within two days I had called um, my, what the surgeon that I used, I called the office and made my first appointment. Yeah, it wasn't much after that because you started talking to me shortly thereafter. And, you know, that was from my um, – so it's interesting hearing you talk about that because having had it and having had it, you know, a long time ago and, and knowing you and seeing, you know, earlier when you were talking through – and I didn't know you when you were in high school or when you were in college, but when I – um when I first met you, you were, um, and I don't know any way. I mean, I know I'm not going to hurt your feelings. I know you well enough, but I don't know any way else other to say it other than you, you weighed substantially less than what you did before you started this journey. Oh, for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. And so I've seen, you know, I have, 
even though I don't see you every day, you know, we're good enough friends that I see you uh, regularly enough to, I I've seen this, I've seen this happen and I've seen what you described in the last, you know, couple of years. And, um, I think it would have bothered me period, but it bothered me because of, I knew what you were going through. I knew how you felt. I knew, you know, when I could see you get up off your couch or I could see, you know, how hard things in my mind, at least how hard I've assumed things were probably getting for you because it really started to bother me and it was hard for me. <laughs> I kind of broached the topic with you a couple times and, one time before, you know, uh, well, well before you actually started down the road, you you pretty much just shut me down with the insurance thing. Like, well, we, we're not going to pay that much and that's it. And at that point, my attitude, my thought was, I, you know, I get that, but you really need to just figure it out because, I, you know, I knew that if you did it and you took it serious, you would be where you are today. And... But, you know, it was um, it was hard for me to, you know, I wanted to push it and I wanted to, but I didn't feel like I could because, and we're never going to get into all these stories, but, you know, you and I are really good friends and we've been in a really good place for a long time, but we haven't always, we've, we've, you know, about a few months ago, randomly a conversation came up where, You've had a lot of issues with me that I wasn't, I was kind of oblivious to for a while. So. Sure. <laughs> and it's just hard for as even though we were, we were really good friends as, as a guy, it's hard for me to say, to go have a real candid conversation with you as a female about, you know, about your weight. Absolutely. And I think, yeah, I think that, um, I think that's hard for anybody. Like I'm sure even, you know, Justin's my husband and nobody wants to hear someone tell them, I notice that you are overweight. Like that's not a, that's not a fun conversation. I don't think that there's any way that that conversation is something that is welcomed and, and happy and positive. Um, but you know, you and I do have very different personalities and you're very blunt and I hate all conflict. Um, and so I just like to pretend like conflict doesn't exist and just you know, fester on the inside, um, which, you know, is also if we want to really psychologically unpack my weight gain, this probably has something to do with it too, that I just, you know, shove my feelings in. But, um, when I, so when I finally was able to sit down with a surgeon, uh, he laid out all the options for me and I just would love to say on the record, like I love my surgeon, um, at some juncture, I would love to have an opportunity to just like talk about all the ways that I love them. But, um, they laid out a very detailed plan, which if, you know, as you get to know me, you'll know how much I love plans and I love details and I love lists and I like instructions. And so, um, sitting down and saying like, um, all these different things that I could do. And he told me I qualified for all of the surgeries, but that he thought the sleeve would be best for my needs. And that's honestly what I wanted because I was the most familiar with the sleeve. Um, you had had it, my stepmom had it. I knew a couple of people in my life that had had it. And so I knew as far as getting support for that, I think it would probably have been my best option. And so that meeting happened in January of 2019. 
And, um, you know, I went through all the different pieces going to the psychologist to get an evaluation, which, you know, we can talk about all of these things in more detail probably later. But uh, doing I had to do four mandatory nutrition classes where I started tracking my food. Um, and with my insurance, if I gained any weight between then and surgery, they wouldn't approve me to, to get it done. Really? Yeah. yeah. I didn't, you never told me that. Wow. Yeah. So in order for my insurance to cover it, I had to at least maintain my current weight, which when I weighed in at my surgeon's office, I weighed in at 299 and then um, fluctuated right back up to 304, which was my highest. So I, whenever I think about my starting weight, I always think of it as 304 because that 299 was just a little cute fluke at the doctor's office. But um, yeah, I had to, <laughs> I had to make sure I was at or under 299 by the time I had surgery. So um I went to my nutrition classes, started tracking, and I started doing a lot of things proactively that I thought would help me. So, for example, I was completely addicted to caffeine, and I knew that that was going to be a no-no for a long time. So I started to wean myself off of caffeine. Um, I started to drink more water, and I cut sodas. Um, I found different, just different things that were small, like um, practicing not drinking while I was eating and things like that. So... Um, I had my, is it an EGD? Is that what it's called? Where they look at your esophagus and make sure everything's good. I Whatever that is, correct, I yeah. did it. Yep. Um, and then I had to do like one final pre-op big class and meet with my surgeon and kind of go over all the different things. And so once my insurance got a hold of the information um, and it was processed, it all happened really quickly. And my surgery date was May 21st. Um, I do want to say real quick that one of the things that was really helpful during that waiting time, because I mean, it was four, four months ish between my first appointment and my actual surgery is, um, I happened to click one of the hashtags on Instagram and I found like, I didn't know that there was this whole community of people. And so, um, I started just using Instagram as like this video diary of sorts where I would talk about every appointment that I went to, I would get on and I would just talk about it just for myself. Um, but I made a couple of friends on there that like right before my surgery, uh, one of them sent me a care package. Like I had two different people send me care packages of sample, um, sample protein shakes, or one person sent me a really cute little stuffed, uh, sleeve stomach, Barry, Barry the sleeve. I still have him. Um, and so it was really neat to have these strangers from all over the country rooting for you and sending up good thoughts for you on your day of. Um, and so, yeah, May 21st, I had my surgery. And so from a, from a, you know, a friend of yours' perspective and from a, you know, an outsider looking in, you know, we talked a lot, but, you know, one of the coolest things for me seeing you and, and we've had this conversation before is, you know, right before you went down this road, you were still Katie to me and we still had fun with, but you, you were, you were different. There was, a, you know, and, and we both know why. Yeah. And I haven't been able to see you as much between before I, you know, when I still lived in, in Dallas where, where you live, um, Working crazy hours, you and Justin having, you know, even though I having a kid and having sure having soccer, karate, all that stuff, both having jobs. But I talked to you, I saw all your posts, and um, just seeing, you know, and I think I've told you this multiple times. 
there were so many posts from the beginning, you know, from May and then June, July, August, you know, all the way to January where we are now watching the life come back into you and just seeing it in pictures. And it's, it was incredible to watch and incredible to see uh, every time I saw a picture and I saw you, you know, like there was just more and more confidence and more and more feeling like, like I could just, you know, I knew it. I knew how, where you were, I knew where you, how you were feeling. And I, and I could just see like, okay, she's not only just knocking it out of the park from a losing weight standpoint and, 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 uh, you know, pounds are coming off and, and she's looking, you know, amazing, but like, look at how much confidence she's, you know, that beams off of this picture. Look at how happy she looks. And it's just been absolutely as your friend and as somebody who knows what, what this is like, it's just been absolutely awesome to see. Well, you know, thank you for saying that again. Like, um, I, I feel like that's feedback that I hear from the people in my life a lot. And I don't ever get tired of hearing that because that's exactly how I feel. Um, I remember go, like right before surgery, I was so convinced that because everything else had failed, that I was going to be the one weight loss surgery patient that like this didn't work for. And so um, my first couple of weeks after surgery, even uh, I was really down on myself because I had heard all these people talking about how they lost like 15 pounds the first week or 20 pounds the first week. And I lost six. Um, and that is to date my highest week of weight loss is the highest week of weight loss is six pounds since May 21st. And um, you know, the one they came off slowly and, and I say slowly, not for normal situations, but for weight loss surgery. Um, it was slow, but it was really consistent. And, um, I followed all of my dietary restrictions to a T my surgeon. I think the restrictions after surgery was a little bit different than a lot of people, um, where I had more restrictions for a longer time. I was on liquids for three weeks post-op and then I had soft foods for nine weeks. Yeah. So soft food for nine weeks. And um, when I was six weeks post-op, I was in the middle of my soft food stage and we actually went to Mexico on an all-inclusive resort trip. And I remember thinking like, this is this is the key of like my turning point. If I can be good and healthy and not feel deprived and have a good time on this trip, six weeks post-op on a soft food diet at an all-inclusive resort, then I can do anything. And um, I lost like four pounds that week, which is insane. But I mean, I hung out, I swam, I had so much fun. And I never once sat there and felt like I couldn't participate because of my food restrictions. And so um, I took that really seriously. Like there wasn't a cheat that I did. Um, That just wasn't an option for me. And I'm really thankful honestly, for the financial burden, I guess, of the surgery, because it made me feel like I needed to be a really good steward of my family's, you know, sacrifice. Like, we don't just throw around thousands of dollars, like nothing. So um, I wanted to be determined and take it seriously. And I remember so many moments where like, the first time I put on um, a 2x in Old Navy, and normally I was having to order clothes from Old Navy, Old Navy online or go into like a plus size store. Like I stood in that dressing room and I had a 2X like romper 
or something on and I was just crying tears. And it's, it honestly, I'm still having moments like that. So to date, I've lost, um, I think 115 pounds so far. Um, I weighed in this morning at 188, my goal, and I, and I'm probably going to readjust this at some point. My surgeon's goal for me, like ultimate all-time goal was 187. Really? And I'm going to blow that up. Yeah. Um, we just calculated that at my six month appointment that said by a year out, this is really where I hope that you land. And I think that you could be really happy with that. So and you've hit that in six months. Yeah, basically. Um, so a healthy BMI for me would be 165, but I'm really big boned and I have a lot of muscle mass. And so it's all unnavigated territory. Like I don't really know where my ending point will be. But like the other day, I put on a pair of size 12 pants from Old Navy and I had that moment all over again where it's like you still just don't anticipate that clothes will fit you. <laughs> like that's a whole other episode for another time. But um, it's just everything feels brand new where I go outside. Like I went for a run on our vacation and I ran without stopping for 20 minutes. I can't tell you the last time that that's happened. And it's not because I go out and run often. I just was like, Hey, I think I feel like running today. Let me see what I can do. Um, you know, we, I, I feel like I have more energy. My house is a lot cleaner. Like I get a lot more stuff done. (laughs) Honestly, like I feel, I feel like I have the energy and the capacity to be not only the pe- the person that like my daughter needs me to be or my husband needs me to be, but that I just want to be. And people at work even have commented on my confidence and they, they don't necessarily attribute it to weight loss, but they were like, oh, well, wow. Like we've just seen such a change in you in the past few months where you're taking leadership roles and you're speaking up and these different pieces. And so I think I just finally feel like myself. And that's, that's a whole rediscovering of who that person is, but I really like it. I like her (laughs) and I, I'm excited to see even just as, as I lose and as I kind of find that happy maintenance piece and I, you know, challenge myself to try new things and do new things. I'm excited to see how I develop as a person. Um, like Justin and I were talking even about new year's resolutions where this is the first year that I can remember that I have not made a goal about not being fat, like about losing a certain amount of weight. It's ridiculous. It's right. Well, Katie, you've done a great job. You're a fantastic. You're like the, the queen of the losers. Yay. That still sounds weird. Week two still sounds weird to me to say that. So it's just going to be, it's going to be a journey for me. It sounds a little passive aggressive, but I don't hate it. You know, (laughs) I probably said it a little passive aggressive if I'm being honest, (laughs) but, um, Anyway, so I mean, you know, I could I could sit here and go on for hours how proud I am of you and and how awesome I think everything's been and to the point that it would probably be awkward for anybody who is going to listen to this. So I'm not going to do it. Um, next week, I'm a little nervous. I think I can get through it, but there's parts of my story that can't always guarantee that's not going to make me get somewhat emotional, but I'm going to get through it and I'm going to tell everybody what got me to the point that I had to consider or not consider that I felt like um, weight loss surgery was probably honestly the most realistic avenue I had um, to possibly keep me alive. 
uh, that that's really where where I was when I made the decision. I'm super excited to talk about your story because um, it's so much different than mine. I mean, you're you're like the OG weight loss surgery guy, right? Um, it was like back when I was a baby, you know, nine years ago. Uh, you are like <laughs> ten years younger than me. Yeah, but um, I I think everybody's going to really connect with a lot of the things that you have to say. So I think it's going to be really really good. Well, I hope so. So that's next week. Um, thank you to everybody who listened in. Um, Katie, why don't you run down your social media handles and I'll give them mine and we'll get out of here and we'll move on to our next episode. Absolutely. So if you want to keep hearing these great episodes from us, please, we would love a good five-star review. Subscribe to our podcast. Um, we would love for you to connect with us on Twitter and Instagram, both at Losers Bench Pod. And then if you want to connect with me directly, my Instagram is VSG underscore Ravenclaw. And my Twitter is Katie Deer, C-A-T-Y, Katie Deer. Blake, where can we find you? Uh, my Twitter handle is just my name, Blake Mitchamore. My last name, uh, M-I-T-C-H-A-M-O-R-E. And I did verify in the last two weeks since our first episode that my Instagram is indeed... Blake Aaron 73. If you get nothing else from this podcast, know that that is Blake's uh, Instagram handle and we got it right. So we're doing something right. Damn right we are. All <laughs> right. We'll see you next time. Later losers. Later losers.